Hope you're having a great weekend or a great start to your work week, depending when you are listening to this. Let me just tell you that we have some of the wackiest stories that are true, that are timely, that are breaking, that are developing. But sometimes you have to wonder if, in fact, we are just living in an upside-down la-la land, an absolute clown show of a world, now that Joe Biden is in the Oval Office. Insanity from the Democrats is off the charts. I mean, D.C. has just pretty much become either a funhouse, a clown show, or an asylum, or all three, or take your pick. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It really is that ridiculous. And because of the policies of this current regime of the former vice president... The last story I'm going to share with you, the irony is so freaking ridiculous. It's, uh, you're going to enjoy it. We're going to end with that story. We're also going to discuss how the Biden administration is already lawyering up. Lawyering up. Lawyering up. I don't know why that was tough for me a second ago. Because of impeachment. We'll get to that. Let's start off with this level of ridiculousness. The This is very interesting. Folks, let me just back up a second because I see dots. And I don't always connect the dots, but I put the dots out there. We're seeing all of a sudden these unidentified objects in the sky... The first major one as of late, of course, being the Chinese spy balloon. Then on Friday, we had something shut out of the air. Yesterday, Saturday, we had something shut out of the air. But let's not forget that what predates all of this was an interesting shutdown in both Canada and the United States of a tracking system. Remember that? It may not be related, but it's very interesting that there was some sort of issue with the computer system that's used for air traffic, civilian air traffic, another air traffic. And now we're having all of these aerial events. And then we have this from late yesterday. The FAA had posted a NOTAM Saturday night closing airspace over part of Montana. That was on Saturday night. The FAA statement read, the FAA closed some airspace in Montana to support the Department of Defense activities. Contact NORAD for additional information. So airspace last night was closed in Montana due to DOD activity. Isn't that interesting? Two F-15 fighters were scrambled from Portland International Airport 
On Saturday evening, shortly after their flight departed, the FAA issued a temporary flight restriction centered over Haver, Montana, to support an air defense mission. So what else is going on? This follows a similar pattern to the earlier shootdown today in Canada and the previous shootdown in Alaska and before that South Carolina. That was late Saturday night. Now I'm recording this in the wee hours of Sunday morning. Are we going to see an event on Sunday? We've had nothing for years. And then last Saturday we have a shoot down, Friday we have a shoot down, and yesterday, a week from the shoot down over South Carolina, we have a third shoot down. And then last night we have airspace closed over Montana and F-15 fighters scrambled from Portland International Airport on Saturday evening. Once again, I'm recording this in the wee hours of Sunday morning, so who knows what we're going to see today. Hopefully nothing, because I like peace and prosperity and not conflict, but um, that's what we have here. So, there seems to be reporting in the evening that the airspace was actually closed due to an object that could interfere with commercial traffic and that the Department of Defense is involved in efforts to observe and possibly ground the object in the morning. So it's the middle of the night, Sunday morning. So I'll probably have to report on this later. But isn't that interesting? We have something last Saturday, a couple days ago, Friday, yesterday, Saturday, and possibly we might have something on Sunday. Now, if this episode, this report goes up and... When this goes up, we know of another downed object, which would make it three objects in three days in a row. Then remember, this is why you enjoy this program because we bring you breaking news. I'm reporting on a possible incident on Sunday before it even happens because of intelligence and open source information that's out there that I'm bringing to you. I hope there's nothing besides the fact that there appears to be something. But can we really trust this current regime? Now, it just seems like transportation and there's just all these events with transportation, right? Well, how about this? Very strangely, today is Super Bowl Sunday. And on Super Bowl Sunday, the day before, the Nevada governors declared a state of emergency because of a major fuel pipeline leak that is causing scarcity. This actually uh, was issued on Friday night, but Saturday I'm seeing videos from yesterday of panic buying because Nevada Governor Joe Lombardo declared a state of emergency after a fuel leak was detected in Southern California, causing the pipeline that supplies Las Vegas and Southern Nevada to be shut down. 
He tells people, I'm declaring a state of emergency for the fuel pipeline leak. This declaration will allow us to receive federal waivers and resources. As we continue to monitor this dynamic situation, our office will remain in constant communication with Kinder Morgan, the Nevada Division of Emergency Management, and Clark County officials, Kinder Morgan being the company. And then he asked people to uh, to avoid panic buying. What are people doing? They're panic buying. Quote, once estimated repair times are finalized, our office will provide an update to avoid any unnecessary shortages. I strongly urge all Las Vegas residents to avoid panic buying while awaiting repair timeline updates. Well, what about all those people in town for the Super Bowl and betting on the Super Bowl and whatever activities? I'm sure if it's just a coincidence that this major thing would happen. Let's not forget that we still don't know what really happened in that Las Vegas shooting. They think that we've forgotten. I have not forgotten. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. So the gas pipeline that supplies Las Vegas is shut down due to a leak on the busy Super Bowl weekend. Nothing to see here. It's probably just another dink. Sure have a lot of dinks as of late, are there not? Now, as I reported before... China is all upset because Congress unanimously uh, condemned the Chinese Communist Party use of high-altitude surveillance balloon over United States territory, a brazen violation of United States sovereignty. And this was in House Resolution 104 condemning the CCP. And boy, I'm not going to go into it, folks, but just be aware that internationally and in China, there is just a whole bunch of the, the Chinese are overboard right now. They they're on they are overboard right now on the anti-propaganda propaganda. Now, what I really wanted to do in the fall of this is just let you know that according to Trafalgar and their latest poll, most people think that the crisis was mishandled, sixty three point four percent. Just a few people think that he appropriately handled the situation. One of those few people appears to be the senator from my current state of residence, Utah, Mitten Romney. If you caught my episode yesterday, I reported on these green, these green lasers fired at Hawaii by a Chinese satellite. Check out this. This is very interesting and Kudos to Lawrence Sellen, PhD, for connecting these dots. Let me just present to you the information he found, without going into too much detail, but enough detail for you to see that, wow, there sure are a lot of dinks. So we have several weeks ago, as I showed you in the other episode, I started off with, with, these, with these images on one of our episodes from yesterday, Saturday, of these green lasers being fired at these green laser lights you can see coming from a Chinese satellite. Now, we've got this spy balloon, but here's what's very interesting. 
there's a man named Tao Huang and his wife Ying Nong Tang. Let's talk about Tao Huang. He is a son of a PLA general, People's Liberation Army general, who received special training in its general staff and the International Department of the Communist Party of China's Central Committee. In other words, he's a person of influence. Now, his wife is Ying Nong Tang. According to the County of Hawaii records, Ying Ying Nong Tang purchased agricultural land in the same vicinity of where these green lights were emitting from the satellite down toward that location. 152055 Government Beach Road. Now, Ying Tong Nong Tang quick claim deeded this property. It's a simple way of conveying property without going through. It's just a simple way. As some people say that, uh, that these kind of transactions are fishy. They aren't always fishy, especially in this situation where it's a spouse to spouse. But interestingly enough, that Ying Nong Tang is the purchaser of record, then she quick claim deeds it over to Tao Huang. So we have a CCP-connected person buying agricultural land right below where the appears to be the target of where this green light from this Chinese satellite was going to. What the hell is happening with China and Hawaii? We know Japan and Pearl Harbor, which, by the way, we knew that that was going to happen, but that's a whole other seminar. Literally, literally, newspapers, headlines from days before talking about a possible invasion into Pearl Harbor. So we know that Hawaii is strategic. We have video evidence of these green satellites. These green satellites, my brothers and sisters, these green, excuse me, green lasers coming from this Chinese satellite. And right below it is agricultural land purchased by the son of a high-ranking person of China's uh, People's Liberation Army. Very interesting dink. Luckily, we've got a Republican House that wants to stop this madness. House Republicans are pushing for an outright ban on China from buying U.S. farmland. And this thing is picking up steam, folks, especially in light of the spy balloon. Of course, we can't let China uh, be involved in and manipulate our food supply. They can starve us. They can poison us. It's just a bad national security threat. And it should be, it should have been years ago, illegal for them to purchase this. But they greased the palms of some treasonous, traitorous, greedy rat bastards at the state and the federal national level, and they're able to do that. By the way, we can't go and just buy a whole swaths of, uh, of agricultural land in China. Let's just put that in perspective. They own the farmland. They can easily starve us. Is that what Bill Gates may be up to with his groups buying up tons of farmland? 
but we're told not to worry about it. Like these people are trustworthy. Don't worry about China owning farmland. They have no nefarious plans for purchasing agricultural land, which for some odd reason strategically seems to be close to military installations. Hmm. Just another freaking coinkydink, I'm sure. Now, of course, folks, if you know the atrocities of Chairman Mao and how he literally got China in control by starving peasants throughout China, then is it really outlandish to think that if the Chinese Communist Party and its ascension under Mao starved its own people that they wouldn't do that to a perceived enemy like the United States of America? I mean, really, am I the conspiracy theorist, nut job, tinfoil hat wearer, or are people who are not worried about this just dumbass ignoramuses who have a normalcy bias and can't possibly think that anything could be any different than it has been where we have relatively no food insecurities and problems in the United States. They just can't fathom that that move could be done. Well, tell that to the tens of millions of people who were starved by Mao in the great Chinese revolution. They could possibly starve us. Republicans push to ban China from purchasing U.S. farmland. Great article by the Washington Free Beacon. House Republicans are pushing to bar any person or business associated with the CCP from purchasing agricultural land in the United States. An effort gaining traction on the Hill as lawmakers look to retaliate against China over its spy balloon incursion. Representatives Dan Newhouse of Washington, Republican, and Kathy McMorris Rogers, also of Washington, Republican, alongside more than 50 co-sponsors last week, proposed legislation that would prohibit any purchase of public or private agricultural real estate in the United States and its territories by non-resident aliens, foreign businesses, or any agent, trustee, or fiduciary associated with the government of the People's Republic of China. The legislation known as the Prohibition of Agricultural Land for the People's Republic of China Act would also bar those entities from being involved in the Department of Agricultural Programs. No credits, no leeways, no waivers, nothing. Sounds like smart legislation to me, which means best case scenario, it would pass the House. Likely scenario, the Chinese bought and paid for, Chucky Schumer and others won't even debate the bill and it'll be stillborn at the House level. Once again, it doesn't mean they shouldn't pursue it. And I absolutely hope I'm wrong. But unfortunately, I don't think I am. All right, uh, they're getting nervous over in the Biden regime. The Biden administration is taking serious note of what the House GOP is up to. And they have brought on a private firm, Debevoir and Pimpton, Plimpton, Debevoy and Plimpton, to defend against a potential impeachment of Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. They're seriously thinking he could, the, the, the House could impeach Mayorkas 
And now they brought in a private firm to defend against a potential impeachment of Mayorkas. This is not Fox News, folks. This is being reported by CNN. The Department of Homeland Security is bringing on a private law firm to help with potential impeachment proceedings against Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, according to three sources familiar with the matter. House Republicans have been moving to build a case against Mayorkas as they consider launching rare impeachment proceedings against a cabinet secretary. The, the, The Department of Homeland Security has retained outside counsel to help ensure the department's vital mission is not interrupted by the unprecedented, unjustified, and partisan impeachment efforts by some members of Congress who have already taken steps to initiate proceedings. That came from a Homeland Security spokesperson. It is not conspiracy stuff. Isn't it rich? Isn't it ironic? Isn't it cringy, even, that anyone on the Joe Biden Democrat side would dare use terms like unprecedented, unjustified, and partisan impeachment efforts. As if President Trump didn't have two impeachments brought upon him by House-controlled, a a, a Democrat House of Representatives on, pun intended, trumped-up charges that didn't even meet the definition or the standard of high crimes and misdemeanors. The law firm is Debovay, D-E-B-E-V-O-I-S-E. I do pretty well when in country with Italian. Do very well with Portuguese. I haven't been to Romania, but I, so I can't say how I would do with that romance language. Obviously, I speak Spanish fluently, but man, I just, French doesn't work for me or so I'm going to say Debevoy. Please feel free to correct me down below. The law firm of Debevoy and Plimpton, according to one source, is the firm that will be doing it. Now, they have various lawyers to deal with matters, including immigration and cybersecurity. The outside firm is being brought in on a government contract and only be utilized to the extent it is needed throughout the process. That's what, that's what their folks are telling them. Over at CNN. Now I love this unprecedented. I mean, they literally said that unprecedented and unjustified, and partisan impeachment. Uh, what part do they not understand that the DHS secretary Alejandro Mayorkas has allowed over one million gotaways since this regime came into office? Incredible. All right, let's end with these, uh, these, these last few news stories to lighten the mood a little bit. The D.C. police are looking for a robbery suspect, and one of those suspects is a seven-year-old. Shouldn't be funny, but I don't know. <laughs> I laughed at that headline. D.C. Police Department tweeted out, Robbery investigation. Black hooded sweatshirt. Black uh, sweatpants, gray gloves. Male, 7 to 10 years of age, wearing a multicolored backpack. Okay. How about this for wackiness? Project Veritas board wants to oust James O'Keefe, the founder of Project Veritas. 
Now, I reported on this earlier, but what we're seeing here is massive monumental support for James O'Keefe and not for the board of Project Veritas. So as I previously reported, Project Veritas founder and investigative guerrilla uh, guerrilla journalist, guerrilla, G-U-E, guerrilla, James O'Keefe was put on PTO, personal time off, but, but paid, essentially put on a paid leave. Now, Tim Cass, Hannah Claire, Brian Lowe, reported on the 11-page letter from the, board of, from the board of directors at Project Veritas documenting anonymous, there we go, anonymous reports from witnesses and secondhand accounts of a pattern of behavior that severely limited the staff's ability to execute the PV mission. In other words, they are accusing James O'Keefe of mis, uh, uh, acting up or having inappropriate pa- patterns of behavior. Oh, let's not forget what James O'Keefe's recent expose is. And that, of course, is his ex- expose on the big pharma company, Pfizer. I'm sure they're completely unrelated. Just another freaking coinkydink. Let's just go to the very beginning of this letter and you can see what BS this is. <clears throat> Note, the opinions, data shared, and anecdotes were compiled by one-third of Project Veritas staff representing every department. Not all signed this letter, but all had compelling reasons to contribute. Some signatories have not been the subject of abuse nor witnessed any abuse, but found the corroborated behavior troubling and were willing to sign. So in other words, people on hearsay signed this letter about the supposed possible misconduct of James O'Keefe. The bar has been set so low by the deep state that now witnesses aren't even witnesses. They're witnesses of rumors. But folks, we're not talking about the government here. We're talking about a private organization. Okay? The document uh, goes on to say that O'Keefe is power drunk, a power drunk tyrant, that he's over his head, that he's scared, that he's overworked, that he's manic on stress, drunk on success over the expose of Pfizer over the last two weeks. But that's okay. They say his flaws aside, his aims are genuine and he is a true leader. He just needs a pushback in the right direction. Wow. Now the letter doesn't explicitly call for his resignation, but it does call for him to, one, cease bullying and erratic behavior, two, cease micromanaging, and three, cease undermining. Now, here's what's interesting. This is where the rubber hits the road. The largest donors do not agree with the board's actions. And they're willing to sue Project Veritas if they get rid of James O'Keefe because they say that they've donated because of James O'Keefe's leadership, his direction. If they get rid of him, then that would violate the reason why they donated to Project Veritas in the first place. Maybe it's not a good example, but this is like, you give to the Trump campaign and they say, you know what? President Trump isn't going to run anymore. The people at the campaign decided we don't want President Trump. Thank you for your donations. We are now going to be backing DeSantis. Maybe it's a bad example, 
Like I told you, it is the wee hours of the morning on Sunday. Give me your opinion down below if that was a good analogy or example that I used. Now, but here's the interesting part. In the letter, the law firm says that they represent a large group of significant donors who have grave concerns about the board of directors' reported action to remove founder and CEO James O'Keefe from his position to take control of the Project Veritas entities. That if they do this, they would then operate in a manner inconsistent with the purpose for which the entities were established and would violate Virginia law. So I say it would be a, a val, it would be a violation of Virginia law if they get rid of James O'Keefe when the money donated was to go in the direction and for the purposes of James O'Keefe's direction for Project Veritas. We'll see how this plays out. Probably tomorrow we'll have in the coming days we should have some more information. Okay, last two stories, folks. If you're watching this on YouTube, please like, share, subscribe if you're not a subscriber. If you're watching this on Spotify, make sure that you follow the Black Sort of Patriot channel. Me, the artist, Black Sort of Patriot as the artist and the channel, which the name is going to change to the BCP podcast. That's going to be the name of of the of that channel, with the artist being yours truly, James, the Black Sort of Patriot. Okay, House Democrats have another statue they want to review, they want to remove in Washington, you know, because of racism. There's a statue uh, that sits across from the White House in Lafayette Park, and Eleanor Holmes Norton, DC's non-voting delegate to the House introduced legislation to remove the statue because a person on that statue owns slaves. Let me just remind you that that statue is of Andrew Jackson and that Andrew Jackson is the father of the current Democratic Party. It came into to full with his successor, Van Buren, but the basic beginnings of the Democratic Party go back to Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson, by the way, who was the first person to become president that was a self-made millionaire, if you will. But yeah, he uh, killed a whole bunch of, had the, uh, you can call him and say that he is a genocidist. I don't know what the exact word for that is. With the natives. Infamous for what he did to Native Americans and had done to Native Americans. He owned slaves. But not looking at this from 2023 eyes, he is and was a significant person in the history of the United States. The Battle of New Orleans defeated the invading uh, British in 1815, stopping us from a British invasion. But the Democrats, with no sense of irony, want to take down the statue of one of their founders. But here's the one that I laughed my tushy off. It was 26 degrees the other day here in Utah. So maybe uh, 
maybe this is cold, cold to me. I was in California. I flew into uh, back here to Utah where my home is. I was wearing shorts and a t-shirt the day that I flew back into Utah and it was like 24, 26 degrees. Which now that I've been in Utah for several winters now, I can, I can handle that. It's not as bad as it used to seem or, or, or was to me. Actually, I was just wearing a, you know, just a jacket. I wasn't wearing a coating like that. Back in the day, it would have been a coat weather for me. Okay, so it's reported that New York City is giving some illegal immigrants taxpayer-funded bus tickets to Canada. The people took the deal because they were tired of the drugs and the crime in New York. Do you understand? These are illegal immigrants that came to Sanctuary City, New York, to supposedly escape the crime uh, in their Central American countries. They get to New York and say, this place is so ridiculous, we want to go to Canada. Well, I guess they didn't look at the map. Because several of the people that were bust by New York, New York City taxpayer-funded money got to Canada and said, hell no, we don't, we, we don't want to go. We want to go back to crime-ridden New York. They thought they were just going to be handed jobs and were going to have their second vacation like they did in these ritzy hotels courtesy of Canadian taxpayers that they were immediately going to be waiting jobs and nice places for them to live and social programs. But it's not like that. I mean, this this situation is, in fact, reaching amazing levels of absurdity, as uh, Mike Lachance has stated. Here's a daily here's a daily mail. The Daily Mail. No Canada migrants bus north from New York City for free are turning back after getting frustrated with the weather conditions. With one blaming. Lots of snow. Now, folks, I have lived and had a business in Central America. This is 20, my business stopped doing, I stopped doing business in El Salvador around 2002. So it's been over 20 years. But I can tell you, folks, there are a lot of humble people there that really are not well educated. Exactly the kind of people that we need to support, right? Like we don't have our own homeless veterans and our own problems. We need to import those. But I digress. They got there and had no idea there'd be lots of snow in Canada, north of New York. Crazy. The director of a New York nonprofit that has already helped transport the migrants from New York to Montreal attempted to explain the phenomenon, saying many had arrived expecting better access to job and health care, while other words Others were simply turned off by the frigid conditions. Quote, they think that there are all these jobs up there. Thielman, 56, told the Canadian broadcaster on the realities of, the, of those currently being thrust on the foreigners, many of whom have been in the U.S. for a better part of a year. Instead of braving the rest of the Canadian winter, which there's only like another month left, some of these migrants are already fed up with the conditions and are going back to New York City. They think they're going to be able to get asylum very easily up there, and that's just not the case. And I want to end with this. Karen Townsend over the, at Hot Air puts it this way, and we'll end with this. Please, big hug to all of y'all from myself and my family here at BCP Media Studios. We appreciate your support on YouTube and on Spotify if you're watching the video version of this. And if you're listening to it on a podcast from Apple to Google 
to Spotify to iHeartRadio. Karen Townsend says this, when leaders like Trudeau and Joe Biden virtual signal about sanctuary cities and states welcoming illegal migrants, the migrants are listening. They expect to sashay into the United States and receive all the taxpayer-funded benefits available to make their lives comfortable. There are expectations. Now, even cold weather is the reason for complaints. You can't make this stuff up. The single male migrants probably would like to remain in a Manhattan hotel room where taxpayers are charged up to $450 per night to provide for them instead of a large migrant shelter. Who wouldn't? It's the sense of entitlement that is so irritating. We don't like entitlement from our own people. We sure as hell don't like it from people invading our country illegally. Being supported on our dime. But folks, it's all by design. You can't make this crap up. Thanks for being here, folks. Stay tuned. We'll have more for you. Until the next one, ciao, goodbye. God bless.